Hey, this is Jim Larrabee. I'm the lead pastor here at First Christian Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer is that the words you hear encourage you, that they challenge you, that they build your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. So, enjoy. Church, how are you guys doing today? Doing well? Yeah. I got to find out who that announcement person is, man. That's just, she had a lot of things to say. (laughs) That's my wife, Jen. So uh, anyway, uh, one of the things to take away from that is simply this. There's so much going on in the life of the church, right? So much happening. As amazing as Sunday morning is, it's not the best thing that happens around here. So much going on from small groups, which by the way, looking for small group leaders to to women's Bible studies, men Bible studies. We're going to be kicking off discipleship here really soon. A lot of great things happening in the life of the church. So make sure that you get involved, get connected, get people in your life that love you, care about you, which is what makes us family. And we'll do this journey together. So great stuff happening. And by the way, fellas, uh, this Tuesday night, M4, uh, we're doing that. It's a Bible study. It's a chance to kind of go through the book of Acts a little bit, have like a dinner together, you know, and hang out and do dude things and make dude noises. Let me hear my dude noises in the house. I will work on that this Tuesday night. We'll work on our dude noises. Uh, So yeah, yes, we got it. We'll make it happen. It's going to be great this Tuesday night, M4. I think they're even doing a sign-up sheet so we know how much food to make. You can still come if you don't sign up, but it just gives us an idea of uh, of what to cook. So anyway, uh, we got that going on. A lot of things happening. And in all of that, we are in week two of our parable series, which I've been loving. I don't know about you, but I love the parables. There's some of my favorite stuff to read and kind of talk through and and to process on my own. So week two of parables where we're unpacking these truths, right? These truths that Jesus gives us, not not in a theology statement, not in like a truth statement, but truths built into a story, uh, a story that that, that we can remember, right? Now you won't remember, somebody actually, remember I said last week, hey, at 5.45, you call me and ask me, somebody called me 545 was like hey pastor what'd you preach on Sunday and I and I was like I don't remember and just hang up anyway I remembered parables and they remembered too so I need to get them a gift card so anyway but the, the reason Jesus teaches in stories is so that we do remember so so that weeks and months and years later these stories come to our mind and we remember the truth there's some other reasons why he teaches in parables which we're going to get to another reason a little bit later uh, in the message but it's just a great thing that we can do these stories these parables which are really just real to life stories that's what a parable is a real life story it could happen to you it could happen to you Back in Jesus' day, a real-life story that conveys truth. Now, we're in Matthew, so if you've got your Bible or your Bible apps, you can go ahead and go there. Actually, Matthew chapter 13 today. And by the way, we got a new shipment of Bibles in, so if you need one, we have Bibles in the prayer room. We have them out in the foyer area, so grab one. We want everyone to have a Bible, uh, to be reading it in service, on your own, with others. Um, but we'll be in Matthew chapter 13. Now, I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to re-mention it this week. The reason we're starting in Matthew is because it's one of the best starting places in the New Testament because it gives us Jesus' most important message. 
Jesus taught a lot of truth, a lot of amazing things. Obviously, his purpose was to go to the cross uh, to bring transformation and salvation to all of us. But in this journey, he taught things. And one of his most important message was the message that the kingdom of God is here. He said it all the time. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. Now, as he began to share this message that the kingdom of God is here, one of the first things he said, this is what the kingdom looks like. You want to know what it looks like to have God alive in your life, to be real in who you are? Well, he began to share that. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Beautiful picture of what it looks like for the kingdom of God to be alive in you and who you are. He wanted to say who the king of the kingdom is. He he wasn't talking about, hey, hey, let's all look to Rome and Rome's king of the kingdom. He didn't even say, hey, Israel, Israel is one day going to be this great nation again. Nation, you know, Israel is the king of the kingdom. He didn't say any of that. In fact, he upset some people because he didn't. He said that he was king of the kingdom, that Jesus is the king. And the king himself invites each of us, each of us to be a part of the kingdom. One of the most glorious things that I know about the gospel of Jesus Christ is the invitation to be a part of the kingdom. He threw this invitation out to the elites, to the, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, hey, listen, you can be a part of the kingdom. If you, if you can overcome some of your intellectual issues, you can be a part of the kingdom. But he didn't just stop there. What, what does scripture talk about? How he even gave this invitation to the least in the nation of Israel. That, uh, we, we sang a song about the lepers. Nobody would touch them, by the way. Once you got leprosy, you were unclean. You would literally walk around, unclean, unclean, you know, and everybody would scatter away from you. Probably what some junior hires should do in that whole little journey. Junior high boys, shout out to you. So anyway, so, you know, just no one would touch them. Well, well Jesus even gave the invitation to them. And, and he literally, there, there's some stories about how these, these folks had leprosy and Jesus touch them. I mean, probably hadn't felt a touch in their life in years, the, the, the touch of a human hand on their face. And, and, and that's Jesus. What was he doing? He was offering an invitation into the kingdom of God. So that's what he did. He taught the kingdom. He wants to learn about the kingdom. He invited us to the kingdom. And obviously he also gave us this truth that no kingdom can have two kings, right? It's, it, it's not us or Jesus. It's not us stepping up and going, okay, Jesus, which one is it going to be? You know, is it going to be me or you, king in this kingdom? No, there, there can only be one king, and, and it has to be. Hey, if you're in church and a pastor asks you a question, I mean, even if you're not even paying attention, just shout Jesus. I mean, you will not look unspiritual. I promise you. Jesus. Yes. All right. Jesus is king of the kingdom, man. And, uh, and he's the one that has to be king in our heart and our life. And, and we have to yield to him. And so that was the message, right? That was the message that he, that he brought in the book of Matthew. And, and last week's parable was, was how that kingdom, that kingdom invitation, that kingdom truth, how it was like a a tiny mustard seed. Do you remember the picture? Uh, I'll throw it up here again. This is the tiny mustard seed, right? And we're all like, oh my gosh, this is so just, it's insignificant and small. And that's the kingdom of God. A decision that can seem so insignificant and small, a, a decision to choose to follow Christ can land in us and grow into this amazing thing, right? And that is the kingdom. A, a choice today can absolutely change your life, your family, your trajectory, your legacy, your family future for forever. That's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God. I got an anonymous email this week. This is just random, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Got an anonymous email this week uh, about this, you know, about the, you know, the kingdom of God and the mustard seed. And the anonymous email was some top secret information that the secret ingredient to the Chick-fil-A sauce 
was a mustard seed. Now, and, and I got a little picture. If you look on it, you'll find the mustard seed in it. They don't, they don't make a big deal about it, but that's why it is Jesus's chicken. Uh, and now we, now we know, now we know why it's Jesus's sauce too, right? Now, here's the thing. If I don't show up next week to preach, it's because some Chick-fil-A people took me out. So just, just pray for me this week as I do this journey of revealing uh, just important truths that we all need to have in our life. So anyway... Today's parable, let's move on. Today's parable uh, is something a little different. Today's parable is about that kingdom seed, remember? Kingdom seed getting planted in certain kinds of soil. And soil in this parable means our heart. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, Jesus does not pull any punches. After I preach this this Sunday morning, I'm gonna add this disclaimer. Keep your hands and feet in the rides at all times, man, because Jesus gets after it. He, he puts some hard truth out there, but, it, but it's really good for us. It's truth that we need to grab a hold of. And so as we go through this parable, it might land, but let it land because God wants to speak to us. And so here it is, parable number two, the soils that these seeds land in. It begins in Matthew chapter 13, verse one. Let's dive in. It simply says this, and the, and the same day Jesus went out of the house uh, and he sat beside the sea. So he's just hanging out and all these crowds of people gathered around him. Wherever Jesus went, these crowds gathered around. So what he did, he, he was so pressed upon the beach uh, that he got in a boat and he kind of went out a little ways and then he sat down. And then the whole crowd stood around him on the beach. Now, this is an unusual because back in the day, this is how I worked. The teacher would pull up a chair. The teacher would sit down and teach and all the students would stand up. That would be the way it was go. It was it's kind of this, you know, this form of respect back in the day. So students, just shout out. If your teacher ever calls you out for standing in class, you just reply that you're practicing the ancient form of student-teacher respect. And if she doesn't believe you, you have her email me and I got you back. So just a little something for you uh, in this whole thing. So here's Jesus. He's sitting down. People are standing. He's preaching. It's amazing. And then he gets into the parable, verse 3. And he told them many things in parables saying, and this is the one he launches into, a sower, someone that's throwing out seed, or farmer, maybe your version says that, a farmer went out to sow, and as he sowed seed, some of the seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. That's the first type of soil. And the other seeds that fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up. But because there was no depth of soil when the sun rose, that the plants were scorched because they had no root and they withered uh, away. And that's the second type. And then the other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up with the seeds. So, so the, the seed grows and the thorns grow at the same time, but the thorns choke them out. That's the third type. And then the other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And then Jesus ends, he who has ears, let him hear. Um, pretty intense parable, right? I mean, just kind of gets after it. He's, he's describing a few things. First, he's telling us there's this farmer that's going out and casting seed, and we know what the seed is. The, the seed is, is the gospel message. It is the, the kingdom invitation. And the seed lands in four types of soil or four types of heart conditions. The hard path, and by the way, when you, when you think of path, uh, it's not like this um, grassy little path. Back in the day, a hard path would have been like concrete, man. It was hard ground path down, nothing growing on that. So it falls on the hard path, falls on the rocky ground, falls among the soil, and then there's good soil that it falls into. And so those are the four kind of conditions of a person's heart that the seed falls into. Now, 
What is interesting about this parable uh, is, is a few things. One, all the gospels record it. There's some parables that are so important and so critical for us to hear that all the gospel writers record it. And so that happens with this parable. Matthew has it. Mark has it. Luke has it. John doesn't, but John doesn't do any of the parables. He's kind of doing his own thing. But all the gospel writers that do parables include it. It's also one of the few parables that Jesus himself explains. Jesus didn't always explain all the parables. He didn't, he didn't unpack each and every one. But this one, this one he does. This one is so important that he says, hey, let me explain this parable to you. And so here he is, he's with this large crowd and he just throws this parable out and everybody hears it. And his disciples pull him aside and says, Jesus, we got a question for you. Two questions. One, you got to explain this parable. But the first question is this, why in the world are you speaking in parables? This is probably one of the first parables that Jesus taught. So the whole parable thing was new. And so the question they're asking is, hey, why aren't you sitting down and going like two plus two is four? Why aren't you sitting down and dropping a little theology on us? You know, why, why don't you just give us a hardcore spiritual truth? You know, that, why aren't you doing that? Why are you doing these parables? Well, we learned last week, some of the reason why he does parables is so we remember the truth. Well, this week, we're going to learn another reason why Jesus often taught in parables. And this was his response. And it's going to surprise you, but I think this is important. Jesus' response to them about why he taught in parables was this. And he answered them. This is verse 11. To you, disciples, followers, people who've chosen me, to you it has been given to know the kingdom, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, those that hadn't, those are just sitting on the outskirts, uh, to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and, and that will be in abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because here it is, seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now, your first reading of that, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing that scripture, you're probably like, Jim, Whoa, is that, is that Jesus, is that Jesus saying that he, he's actually keeping truth away from people? There's some people he likes so the truth lands and they get it, and there's some people he doesn't like, and so the truth lands and they don't get it. No, Jesus is not saying that, so let me go on to explain. And if, by the way, if you ever run into this in scripture, you read a verse and you're like, man, that just doesn't really make sense. It doesn't match up with God's heart. And what I know, always interpret scripture in light of other scriptures. Always pull in what God has said in other places, then you get the bigger picture of what is going on. And that is what happens here. Because in the rest of the Bible, you, you get the truth of God's heart. And here's what that truth is. Second Peter 3, 8 says this. God is not willing that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. What does that mean? Simply this, is that truth is for everyone. Revelation 3.20 says this, stand at the door, knock, and anyone who hears, uh, I will answer and I will come in. And that, that means the invitation is for everyone. So everyone is invited. It's absolutely open. The truth is for everyone. The invitation is for everyone. And then you go on and hear Jeremiah 29.11 and you hear God saying, if you seek me, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's a powerful truth that simply means that when we seek God, he will be found. I don't care who you are or where you are or when you are or what you are. Man, if you seek God, he will be found. 
And so your question now is, well, well how do these things come together? You got Jesus saying that, that not everyone understands, not everyone's going to get it. And you have God saying, hey, I want everyone to get it. So how does those two truths come together? Simply with this statement that Jesus's truths are for those who want it and not those who don't. He goes on to add, seeing, they don't really see. Hearing, they don't really hear. Because remember the crowd, right? You remember, remember who was there in, in this teaching? It was everybody. Everybody was in the house. Everybody was following Jesus. And they followed Jesus for a lot of reasons. Not everyone followed Jesus for his truth. Some people followed Jesus because he could get them a combo meal. Five loaves and three fishes and boom, he's feeding everybody, right? Like, hey, hey, you add some of that secret sauce to that. That'd be awesome, you know? And so they followed Jesus for that. You know, it was a free meal. It was awesome, amazing. Who wouldn't want to be? I would want to go for that. When we want you to show up at a church event, what do we do? We add dinner. Yeah, we do. Or we say, you're going to get donuts, you know? We're just following Jesus, people. So anyway, so that's, that's some of the reasons these folks are showing up. The other reason was this, that Jesus would often do miracles. You know, the, the lame would walk, the blind would see. And, and that, was, that, was, uh, that was the show. That was a big deal. I mean, they had nothing to watch on TV. You know, they lift up the, 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 the window and they look out there and they just, there's, there's their camel. <laughs> Steve is still there just doing his thing. Is there anything on the other channel? <laughs> you know, just, I mean, he just looked out the window. That is all they had to do. So Jesus was a big thing. You know, he showed up, he, he fed them, and there's miracles. And so you had all these people who followed Jesus for a thousand different reasons that had nothing to do with the truth that he offered. And so when the disciples said, why are you teaching in parables? Jesus is simply saying, I'm giving to those who want it what they need. But for those who don't, it's just going to pass right by. They could get it. They could understand it. But they just have no desire for it. Which incidentally describes the first type of soil. What is the soil? The soil is simply this. The soil is that hard, packed down ground. It's, it's, it's the earth. It's almost like concrete. You could call it a hard heart where the, where the seed of God's truth lands. You know, the, the, the kingdom invitation lands, but the person doesn't really care. Oh, great. You know, I'm, I'm here because I got to be, you know, or, you know, this is, this is the thing I do, but I don't really care about the truth you're giving us, Jim. I'm, I'm out of here kind of thing. Jesus explains that in verse 19. Remember, this is the parable he explains. He says this, talking about this hard heart type of soil. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, or the Greek of this is does not take it in and process it, hey, let me do something with it. Let me figure this truth out. Let me pursue this truth. Then the evil one comes and snatches it away because um, before it has been sown in this heart, that is the, what has been sown along this hard path. And so this is, this is just what's going on. People just don't care and just get snatched away by anything and everything. Now, I've got two reactions to this. The first one, honestly, just blows me away that people can get an invitation to the kingdom of God and be like, nah. It just blows me away personally. It blows me away, but it happens, right? We all know people, every single one of us in this room know people that, that, that have received the invitation to be a part of God's kingdom. And they're like, yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. And it blows me away. I, just, I, can't, I can't even fathom it. Why? But because I've experienced the hope. I've experienced the joy. I've experienced the transformation. I, I know what a new identity looks like. And I'm so glad to turn loose of my old identity. Man, it is, whoo, 
I love being a son of the most high king and I love the peace that he brings me. In fact, I've got no fear of my last breath because with this breath, I'm proclaiming Jesus as king. And I have that confidence. And so, so I, one, it blows me away that people just don't respond to the invitation and it bums me out. I'm like, man, this, this, you want to talk about the best thing since sliced bread? This is it. This is Jesus and it's real and it's live and changes your life. And many of you in here know it and you felt it and you're like, hey, I get it, Jim. I, man, wow, that's the kingdom. But what is the next part of that? God's not going to force this kingdom on you. God's not going to hey, 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 yeah, yeah, your mama was in the kingdom and your, and your grandma was in the kingdom. This is what they'd want me to do. they just get over here and just get in this kingdom. You know, God's, God's not dragging you into the kingdom. God's not going to force you into this thing. It's a choice that we're giving. But, but be encouraged. Here's what I do appreciate. And, and the reason I say be encouraged because there's many of us that have people in our family or people in our lives or circles that reject. And they're like, hey, Jim, I know they are not Christians. I know they're not Christ followers. What do I do with that? You know, is it, is it just hopeless? No, it is never hopeless because there's a part of this story that I love. The farmer keeps throwing out the seed. And at no point in this story do you see the farmer going, oh, oh, hard ground. Man, it is worthless here. I tell you what, excuse me, did not mean for that seed to get there and just sweep it up and give it somewhere else. That's not what the farmer does. What is it? He's, he does. Farmer don't care. Farmer don't care. He's just throwing the seed out left and right, and this seed is landing everywhere, and it's landing on that hard ground, and the farmer never assumes waste of the seed. He said, man, that seed is there. Scripture talks about how it never returns void. We never know what's going on. We never know what's happening in, his, in a person's life. But the farmer always plants the seed. So there is always hope that this is the time. This is the moment. This is the prayer when salvation will happen. So I'm just here to tell you, don't give up. The farmer never does. And he throws that seed out everywhere. And so we can have hope that people's lives can be changed by the gospel. In fact, I'll go ahead and tell you this. There's some people here this morning that if you had met them maybe a year, two, three years ago, you'd have said, mm, that's some concrete right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so some of you are those people and you're like, preach it, Jim, preach it. Concrete, just, just call me concrete. That's who you were. And no one would have ever guessed that the seed would have lodged in your heart. But there was a monsoon of God's grace and love and peace that just landed on you broke up the fallow ground and that seed got in there and like the seed of the gospel does it was such a small thing but it exploded and absolutely changed your life and you're here this morning as a testimony to his grace and peace right that that is so many of your stories and I love it and it's amazing and if it's not your story then maybe it will be because the farmer keeps throwing out the seed and that's an amazing thing. Man, I gotta, I gotta roll. We got, we got things to do. All right, so second soil, right? Second soil, here it is. This is an interesting soil. This is verse 20. This is Jesus explaining the soil. If you remember, this is the soil that falls on the rocky ground. So there's not a lot of dirt. It's just mainly rock. And so there's no roots here. Uh, verse 20, for as what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately rejoices with joy. And yet he has no root in himself. He endures for a while, but when tribulation or persecution or challenge arises on account of the world, he immediately falls away. This is, this is kind of interesting. This is the person that when they hear the gospel, when they hear the kingdom invitation, they're like, yeah, I'm in. I'm following Jesus. They, they, they are usually the fast starters. You ever, seen, you ever seen a fast starter in the Christian faith? Man, you're like, yeah, I'm all in with Jesus. Woo, woo, 
they're doing it. They, they got the dance down. They, they, they got the hat. They got the sticker of Jesus on their car. You know, you, you know just all the stuff, right? And they're, and they're amazing and they're incredible. And I love fast starts, by the way. They're awesome, but sometimes people, fat, they have a fast start, but then when they hit a challenge, and maybe it's a people challenge. Maybe they, they get back home and their family's like, hey, no to this Jesus stuff, or they go to work and they're like, what? Or, the, you know, the, uh, the job or friends or a relationship, man. And someone's like, hey, as, as long as you're doing that Jesus thing, you're not doing anything with me. And, and they face that people challenge, that people persecution. And because there's no root, they give it up and they walk. And we see that. I, I see that in people, that, that that happens sometimes. Sometimes it's not a people challenge. You know what? Sometimes it's a word of God challenge. And sometimes you're like, hey, man, I'm all in on this Jesus. And I talk about Jesus' grace and love and, and mercy all the time. But, but man, God says some challenging things. God, God challenges our wants and our desires. God says surrender. That's, that's the deal, right? And, and sometimes when we push up with that, we're like, hey, hey, hey. I didn't know that was the deal. I, I thought I could just eat donuts on Sunday morning. There's a surrender thing here? Yes, absolutely. And, and what's happening in this moment are people are simply not willing to pay the cost. There's a cost to following Jesus? Absolutely. There is. Jesus actually even says in Luke, if you read the Gospel of Luke and get to chapter 14, he says this. He says, listen, you want to follow me? Want to be a Christian? You want to be a Christ follower? Then count the cost because that cost is what? Denying ourselves. That cost is surrendering of our whole life in order to follow him. A half-hearted, shallow Christianity may work for a while. Hey, you can roll along for days, weeks, maybe months, maybe a year, just kind of like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do the Christianity thing in name and maybe check some things out. But, but what Jesus says is this in the parable, that when the storm comes, when the push comes, when the challenge comes, when the persecution comes, you have no roots, you have no endurance, and so you stumble and fall away. And Jesus warns about that. He says, man, don't, don't let that kind of be the kind of soil that the seed falls into. And by the way, um, is the cost of following Jesus too much? You know, giving your whole life to him? I'll give you an answer uh, that uh, came from Jim Elliott. He's a missionary, one of the famous um, quotes that I know. He says this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. My friend, it may look like you are losing things in this world. Maybe you come to Jesus and you lose a relationship. You come to Jesus and your circle of friends change. You come to Jesus and, and, and things, they're different. And, you, and maybe right now you're in the middle of that cost. And it's hard and it's challenging. And, and, and you may think you're, you're losing things. But, but I'm here to tell you is this, is that he is no fool uh, who gives what he cannot keep. Because you can't keep those things. You can't keep that relationship. You, you can't keep those things that you think you're gaining. But we can never lose what Christ places in us. That kingdom seed that grows, it grows, my friend, for eternity. And it's this beautiful thing that we can have. The cost is never too much. Which leads us to this third type of soil. It is simply this, verse 22. And there was some that was sown among the thorns. And this is one who hears the word, but the, and it grows. They hears the word, it grows, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches chokes out the word, and it becomes, interestingly, unfruitful. So this thing grows up, but then it doesn't produce any fruit. 
And what is interesting to me here is that whole concept that this seed actually lands on a person's life, right? They hear the kingdom, it grows. You're like, hey, I'm doing this thing with Christ. This is awesome. And we're all giving thumbs up to that. Ooh, this is amazing. This is incredible. But when the cares of the world enter in, when the wants of the world start to grow up around us, it does something. It doesn't kill the seed. It kills the fruit, What is the fruit in a Christian's life? Joy. What is the fruit in a Christian's life? Peace. What is the fruit in a Christian's life? Truth lived out in a powerful way. So these are people that that grow in Christ, but the cares of the world absolutely steals their fruit. We meet people like this all the time. Hey, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. And, and then you look at their life and it's, there's no joy and there's no peace and they're hopeless and they're broken and they're a mess. And you're like, let me, like, like, like Christian Jesus Christian? Because you're like, what, man, what happened to you, bro? It's like, like you, you, got, you got hit by the world truck and you just never recovered. And, and that's what goes on here in this kingdom is all, all the fruit has been stolen How did that happen? Because someone cared more about their kingdom and their place and their wants in the world than his kingdom, his heart, his truth, and his world. Now, let me just put this out here because I think it's really important because there's a temptation to judge that person. Oh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. You know, it's just, you know, some of you are signaling me right now. You know, I, I get it. I get it. But, but there's no need to judge this person. Why? Because I never think this is an active choice. There's no one where the thorns grow up and it chokes out the fruit. That is never an active choice. No one wakes up in the morning and say, today, yeah, today, man, today's the day I'm going to let the world choke out all of my joy, peace, passion, you know, my spiritual journey with Jesus today. Yeah, mark it down. First thing I'm going to work on. None of us do that. What happens? What happens in this journey to having our fruit choked out is we simply stop paying attention to who we're becoming in Christ. You catch that? We stop paying attention to who we're becoming in Christ. We assume, we assume that if we stand still in our spiritual journey, I'm just taking a break, Jim, just taking, I'm taking a break from his word, from prayer, you know, taking a break from, from the church thing and people, I'm just taking a break. We assume that if we take a break, we're just going to stand still and that when we come back to this moment, we'll be where we, we are, right? Here's the reality of the truth of the world we live in. There is no standing still. We, we live against a culture current. Right now, you, you, may, you may wonder, man, why some days are just tough. It's almost like I'm walking against the current. You are. There's a culture current that is pushing against you. And you are either going forward or you are moving backwards. And so at no moment, then you decide to take a break and stand still. And sometimes we do this. I'm taking a break. I'm standing still. Just I'm getting, being distracted by the cares and wants of this world. And when we come back to this moment, we think we're there, but we're a thousand miles down the river wondering how in the world we got in this spot in this place. And, and that's what Jesus is talking about here, how we, how we get moved and pushed and, and, and all the way uh, to this place that we never thought we would be. How did it happen? Not by your choice. It happened because you simply stopped. I simply stopped paying attention to where I was going with Jesus Christ. And the fruit, man, the glorious fruit of what it means to be a Christian has been choked out and I'm missing it. Now, some of you at this point are going, Jim, this is like the saddest message you have ever preached. I'm just, wow. Here's the good news. Let me turn the corner. You ready? Here's the good news. None of these soils, none of these heart conditions ever have to be permanent. 
You and me, you and me, 100% control the soil. There's not a lot of things in your life that you want 100% control. Shout out to us parents, you know, but you control the soil. 100%. You control how the kingdom of God is at work in you. And that truth, that understanding, it encourages me because I'll just be honest with you. I've gone through all of these soils in my life. It's it's really, you know, it'd be nice to go, oh, I've never done that one or that one. I'm just all good soil all the time. Nope, not me. Man, I've been in all these, there's been times in my life when I have been concrete, man, and people have brought truth to me. I'm like, I am not interested. There've been times in my life when I've been the rocky soil, you know, in school and college, the persecution came, you know, and the just roots weren't there and it, you know, fell away. There've been times in my life when, when the thorns of the world, the cares, the desires, the wants have choked out the fruit and I found myself in places of just no peace and no joy and no hope. Man, all of those things I've experienced in my life, but the glorious truth of the gospel is Jesus doesn't care where you've been. He simply cares about the choice you are making in the place you are at right now. And in this moment, it is 100% in your court about the kind of soil you have in your life. I'm out of time to talk too much more about this, so let me just land with two questions. You know what the two questions are? One is an honest question. What kind of soil are you? Don't tell me. Don't whisper to your neighbor. Don't tell your neighbor what you think they are. (laughs) Just honest, you and God. What kind of soil do you think you are right now? Just you and God. I'm probably this. If you can be honest with God, if you can be honest with yourself, I think that's the first step, which leads to the second question. What kind of soil do you want to be? There's a fourth kind. Jesus said when the seed falls in that good soil, man, it grows and it just produces, you know, truth and awesomeness and goodness like crazy. And you have a choice to be that soil. Is it easy? Absolutely not. But we this morning can pray strength. Strength for what, Jim? Strength to have the God of the universe send a monsoon to break up the soil in our life to be who we're called to be. And that's open to everyone. So not a one of us have to be stuck with hard ground or or, or shallow ground or, or thorns. We can be this Christian Christ follower that is so dialed in, not perfect, just so dialed in that the kingdom of God is growing like wildfire in our hearts and lives. And that choice, 100%, is up to you. Today, I choose the good ground. And my encouragement to you this morning, just choose it too. We've got a song we're going to sing in these next few moments. Just ask God for the courage. Ask God the courage to, to do the work in your heart. Ask him to do it. Just lean in and see what the power of God can do in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, a challenging parable, <laughs> potentially one of the most challenging. It, it kind of rocks me just to read it personally. And yet I'm willing, I'm willing to ask the question, what kind of soil am I today? And so Father, give every man, woman, student, kid in this room the courage to ask the question. And then once you show us the answer, once we perceive the answer, once we begin to understand the answer, Father, Give us the strength to ask for change.
Father, that you come in and you break up the ground, you break up the soil, you provide depth, you, you, you provide roots, Father, that, that you provide rain, you provide all the things we need so this soil becomes a place in our lives where your truth grows and your hope grows and your peace grows and, and we become who you've called us to be. No matter our circumstances, we become who you've called us to be where we are. Father, do that deep work, do that transforming work all across this room this morning because you will be found. If, if, if we seek, you will be found. If we knock, you will open. And God, this is us knocking. This is us seeking. This is us looking for your work in our heart. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to find out more information about giving or to see what's going on in the life of our church, please visit us at fccsantamaria.org. Thanks again for listening and God bless.